love you. Well, thank you for coming back to the Couch Potatoes. We're so happy to have you here. Always. It's always a pleasure. We're uh, we're fighting off tiredness and, and work angerment. I guess angerment. that's angerment. Yes. Angerment. And not a, not an actual, like, very frustrating day at work. Just frustrating things that happened at work. But I'm trying not to let it get to me. I'm ready to just talk some movies and forget about it. Yeah. That said, I am the Green Traveler from Gorsh. And I am the Faceless Leon. And you know who else tried to forget about it? Hercules Periot. Periot. <laughs> Hercule Perot, a world-famous detective from the uh, Agatha Christie novels, portrayed yeah. here lovely by Kenneth Branagh. This is Green Faces on the Couch, by the way. A podcast about movies and TV. <laughs> and so we're not talking about... Agatha Christie, we're actually talking about two interpretations of her film. This is a sequel smash. Of her novels. Of her of two of the movies based off of two of her novels. <laughs> Specifically starring Indeed. Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh as Hercule. Branagh. Yes. Thank you, Branagh. And I do love Kenneth. But uh, before before we talk about these films, I do have a little bit of green ketchup to squirt all over our lovely couch oh. potatoes. Oh. Yes. Oh. So what's a potato without some good ketchup all over it? Yeah. And uh, I'm here to. It's it's a nice a nice little circular thing because uh, a couple months ago, Death on the Nile was a green ketchup, That's and now true. we're talking it, and we it are. makes me very happy. Uh, not the, the movie itself doesn't make me very happy. It just makes me happy that we're talking to be ketchup. But I have two more. I was I was able to uh, go to the theater and catch a, a video on demand release of another film, and I'd like to talk those two. The first one, the one I went to the theater the theaters to see, was Everything Everywhere All at Once. I'm so excited to see that. Eventually. Yeah, it's it's a multiversal sci-fi film, but uh, not like a big. You know, not a Marvel multiverse or a DC Comics multiverse. It's not like a big franchise. It's in and of in and of itself. It's a little tiny multiverse. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a tiny it's a bubble universe in its own little cinema, and uh, it's by two of um, it's by two of my favorite directors. And I say favorite very tentatively. I haven't they've only made two films that I know of, but they made a buttload of music videos that I absolutely love, and they're they're. Yes. Uh, they're colloquially, colloquially, I don't even know if that's the right word, but they're called the uh, the Daniels. It's Dan Kwan and Daniel Scheinart, and uh, that two two lovely people who they've done, uh, off the top of my head, I can remember they did the music video for Turn Down for What? Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> a Simple Song by The Shins. Those are the two music videos that I know specifically that they did, because I love those music videos. They're absolutely great. If you haven't seen them, go check those music videos Definitely. out. They're hilarious. So there also is, because of the popularity, I think, partially due to the music video, there is uh, reinterpretations of this song, one with Hank Hill in particular. Turned down oh, for yeah. what? I fucking love Turn it. Turn down for what? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I really wish they someone would do a goofy version. I think that would work. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a bit past its time, though. It's probably right. Past its time. It'd be funny. They didn't have anything to do with the music itself. They didn't make the right, uh, that right, song. Right. They just did the, yeah, I, the, the music video for it. But yeah, you're definitely right. It definitely spurned a lot of 
interest, I would say, because of the comedy. The comedy's great. Yeah. And I don't I don't know if Turned Down for What uh, definitely – or was the definitive uh, project that got them the money to do a movie, but somehow they eventually made a film, uh, I believe with A24 way back in the day, called uh, uh, um, The Swiss Army Man, or just Swiss oh, Army Man, with Daniel Radcliffe. One. Yeah, Daniel Radcliffe, yeah. Paul Dano. Um, Daniel plays a dead body and Paul Dano just kind of weakened that Bernie's him throughout the course of the movie. And it's, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. It's so good. It's a great film and it's very black comedy. It's, it's oh, yeah. just, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a dead, it's body. a kind of comedy. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's, and that's everything everywhere all at once. They, they did this sci-fi film. Uh, that's yet another just like hilariously absurd black comedy and like I don't want to say too much about it I'll just say that it's about a um, it's about a woman played by Michelle Yeoh who is a owner of a laundromat like a, a cleaning business uh, well actually I don't think she cleans she just has the washers and dryers so just a laundromat yeah. and it's it's around tax season topical as as we just ended that here uh, in in the United States, that that great season that we all love, uh-huh. and it's it's specifically about her and her husband. You know, she's kind of feeling run down with life, very mundane, and she's contacted, I will say, by a multiverse because she's the only one who can stop a great evil that is threatening to destroy everything, oh. uh, everywhere, all at all once. At once, okay. Absolutely wild. If if you if you watch either Swiss Army Man or those music videos and you like the humor there, you will love this movie. It is so fun. So that's all I'll say about it. It's in it's in theaters right now. Hopefully, it'll be streaming soon so everybody can watch it. And also, secret review of Swiss Army Man. You gave yeah, exactly. a little little bit of both. A little bit of everything. I love the Daniels. <laughs> I just I like I'll, I'll always shout out their their stuff because they are just great. Unless they do something weird that, you know, cancels them, in which case I'll, I'll retract everything that I just said. <laughs> yeah, then fuck them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the other movie that I saw that I wanted to talk about, it's on video on demand right now. Um, it was in theaters. I missed my chance to get it uh, to Washington theaters. I talked myself out. Really wish I hadn't. It's a lot of fun. That movie is X. Just the X. letter X. It is a, it's another slasher film in, in the heart of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's very, very similar to that. I'm not a fan of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think it's good, but it's not a film that I watch a lot. You know, I don't, I'm not wildly intrigued by it. The only thing that gets me is that final act. That final act is great. I've never seen but, it. But yeah, the buildup, I mean, we'll definitely have to do it for a, a, yeah. a well, Halloween someday. It's coming around. It's coming around. It's always there. But X is also by Ty West. Uh, Ty West is a young director. I've only seen one of his films, I think. But he was in Your Next, the movie Your Next. I know I've seen that movie. It's that's the movie uh, with. Um, you remember they open the door and the woman runs right into the uh, like the very thin wire that's across and just like decapitates her. And we were both like, just like, holy shit! <laughs> yeah, okay, I remember that, but I don't remember anything else from the film. The, was the there ending, a lot of- the, woman, the final lady at the end sets up like a, a huge trap okay. like throughout right, the I house remember. to get the killer. Okay, yeah. it was in a big, yeah. big house. Great. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, it's very fun. Secret review. Very of fun. And, and he's not he's not the director. He's just acting that one. He plays a, a big role. But the the film that we uh, – that at least I saw that he had directed that I'd seen was The House of the Devil, 
which is a very slow burn. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was kind of like a devil worship, like mm. one of those religious films. Third secret review. Man, you're just killing it. I'm just throwing them all in there, man. <laughs> but no, The House of the Devil was a lot of fun. Um, but it was like, I think it was about like a babysitter or something. She goes to a house and discovers like a crazy cult worship things going on. Uh, and my dog has started playing with her squeaker toy. So, uh, you couch potatoes get the lovely sound in the background. <laughs> Enjoy that. Um, but X, X is a little, a little, uh, little hard to recommend. I will say as much as I love it, as much as it's a very fun horror film, very good slasher, but it is about a group of individuals, six, six individuals in particular, three couples, if you will, uh-huh. who, rent a uh, a house on a farm of this elderly couple. The elderly couple says, yes, you can use our, our spare house, our guest house, or whatever you want to call it on our farm. Sure. They don't, the elderly couple does not know what the three couples intend to use the farm, that house for, which is to make a porno. And this is definitely set in the 70s, I think. I love that. I keep doing that. I've noticed that I do that a lot where I say, this is definitely blah, blah, definitely blah, Definitely in this time period, I think. I think. Yeah, it was 19, 1979. <laughs> and it's very much in the heart of those films, of films from the late 70s, early 80s. It has mm-hmm. all of the feels of a, of a 70s horror film. Um, and also porn. all the feels of a 70s porn film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's, that, I will say that there are some explicit scenes. It's very much a soft core porn. You don't see mm. penetration, but you do see a lot of naked bodies and in and, and the, and the act of intercourse. Yeah. And then when the killing happens, when the, the slasher stuff starts happening, it's fucking riveting and it's great. <laughs> and there's there was definitely one kill where I had to pause the movie and look up how they did it because I was just like, holy shit, that was really cool. Like that was a it was definitely prosthetic. It was in the in the moment. Right. Or it was in the camera, I mean, not in the moment. Like they didn't cut away from something that you're just like, oh, okay, that's where the 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 cutting of the body, if you will, was to happen. No, you see everything. Oh. And it's really well done. You see the these expressions on the character as it's happening, and I was just like, "How did they do this? It was so good." Wow. So I had to I had to look it up, and I will say I won't spoil it because I don't want to spoil the kill. But I will say that the technical details behind all of it, so well done. It's a really fun movie. I want to give a shout out to two of the actors. All the actors are great, but I don't want to take up way too much time talking about all of them. Sure, so I will right. simply yeah. shout out. Yeah, I'll simply shout out Mia Goth. Who plays the main uh, character, an aspiring porn star, very young. She plays Maxine, who is, uh, you know, she's, I'll, I'll just say she's the final, you know, the final lady. Uh, she also plays Pearl, the elderly woman uh, who owns the farm. Wow. So she plays young Maxine and Pearl. All right. See, I saw the trailer and I knew that was makeup, yeah. but I still thought it was an elderly person. That's pretty good. Right. Yeah, so I want to give her a shout out. She did a great job. And the other one I wanted to give a shout out, mainly because I did not realize he was into acting, is uh, Scott Miscuddy, otherwise known as Kid Cuddy. Um, I love Kid Cuddy, the artist, the music artist. He's so fucking great. Didn't realize he's been doing acting. We've actually seen him in Don't Look Up. He was uh, uh, played a DJ in that movie. Oh. So, yeah, just completely blown away. But he is in most of the sex scenes in this movie, and... I was really pleased. Great job. 
<laughs> Great job, Kid Cuddy. <laughs> but no, I definitely recommend this film. If you love uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre or just any slashers, if, if slashers are your cup of tea for horror, check out X. It's really fucking fun. And maybe we'll that talk about is... it come Halloween. Because I, I got to say that I am pretty interested in that movie too i was interested in both of those movies before you said oh i'm gonna go see them i was like okay go have a good time <laughs> always it's, welcome to come i with know theater. i'm welcome to come with you but it's just you know i know you know, you know. yeah i know and I the know. world knows it too even if they are ignoring it that's all i'm gonna yeah. say i guess and I have chosen to ignore it solely for the theater. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I feel ready to like get there's back other to them. things that I feel willing to do, and we have done a restaurant for convenience or two. Right. So I think we might be turning around on, on that come soon, but it is kind of doing its thing right now. I don't know what I'm talking about. I know, about. yeah. COVID is, is spiking in some places right now. So, well, anyways. Yeah. The damn Let's thing talk keeps about, wearing its ugly head. Yeah, just keeps on coming around. Uh, and I mean, I don't know what to do about it anymore. I mean, nobody right. else is going to care. And at some point, it's just our efforts aren't going to mean anything. Right. Kind of like how I feel about climate change and the environment. I can recycle yeah. all I want, and I can tell people to recycle all I want, but don't mean they're gonna. No, it doesn't. It's sad. And you know maybe there's a mult maybe there's an another universe out there in in the multiverse our multiverse where Al Gore <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even say where it. the electoral college wasn't a thing and yeah. we didn't have to deal with that kind of shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, enough on that end. Let's talk about murder. Uh, murder! Yes, if you haven't gotten enough of us talking about murder yet, we're going to talk about murder on the Orient Express. So There's only one murder here, so that's nice. That is nice. There's only one murder in this movie, I think. I think. Yes, I'm pretty sure. So, Hercule Perot, he has one thing in common with you, Greg. He is so tired of his job. Just so yeah. tired. And he I needs, get it, man. He needs a respite. And his buddy, Bach, yes, Bach, played by Tom Bateman, runs a train for his father. And basically, he just does party boy things on the train. Um, and the train is called the Orient Express. Yeah. Who would have guessed? And Who would have guessed? <laughs> And there's so many famous people that ride this damn train. Yes, so many famous people all so at the many. same time. It's almost suspicious. Do you want um, to run through them real fast? Sure, I will Let's try. Uh, we have, I I don't know what, I, I was just going to go through the characters, I guess. Yeah. We have Daisy Ridley, who I didn't quite recognize when I watched the movie, uh, but she did great as Miss Mary Debenham. We have Leslie Odom Jr. for Dr. R. Utnut. Um, and I don't <laughs> remember. 
school than you. Thirteen year old man, I fucking love you. <laughs> <Our> boy, not, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I feel like I name. recognize him from somewhere, but I am not. I sure. believe he was in Hamilton. Oh, okay. I don't remember. I who believe he was. He was uh, um, I believe he was Aaron Byrne. Aaron Burr. Sorry. Hmm. I don't recall. He was the one I'm, who shot Hamilton. Oh, yes. The whole story. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why Aaron Burr, like, just that name seems hard to remember. I think, I don't know. He's up against yeah. Washington and Hamilton and Franklin. Right. And, and then there's Burr. And then there's Burr. Um, so... That's how they uh, thought about him, too, at the time. Gerald Horan, uh, Ainsworth, I believe that is the, the valet character. He's on the, on the, the train. Then you have, uh, Beniamino Marquez, by, played by Manuel Garcia Rulfo. And the, the I'm mentioning all of them because they're all suspects in this murder. It's true. You're you're okay. right. You're right. I was just like I, I don't see these people on the Wikipedia cast list. So I was just like, man, where are you at? <laughs> <laughs> Penelope Cruz plays Pilar Estravados. Josh Gad as Hector yeah. Queen. Johnny Depp. Edward Ratchet. Yeah, I'll, I will. I will jump in to say that Johnny Depp is the body. Yeah, so you don't have to watch that much of them. Yeah. <laughs> they got the, the biggest name to be out of it within 20 minutes. Uh, he's probably not the biggest name. I don't know. Like, Penelope Cruz and, and Willem Dafoe are also pretty high up there. But <clears throat> they got rid of him really fast. And Josh Gad plays his uh, his secretary? Is that what you would yes. call him? Yes. Yeah. Um, that He called himself that, but he was also like his accountant and everything. Uh, right. You know, I'm looking at this, and Derek Jacoby might have played Ratchet's valet instead of the other guy I mentioned. Edward Henry Masterson being the character's name. Let's see. Count Rudolph Andrini, played by Sergei Puloni. Let's see if that's actually a character we need to care about. Otherwise, you can cut it out. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, the husband and wife uh, characters. Uh, they're, they're like hardly in this movie, but they're... they're yeah, I was going to say, I'm trying to remember who they countess. were. Countess. Yeah, the Countess. She's addicted to... It's not laudanum. Benethol or something. Okay, I think... I, I, I'm yeah. vaguely remembering it. And she's played by Lucy Boynton. That's right. Uh, and her name is uh, Countess El- Elena. And yeah. uh, you got... Pierre Mitchell, I, I don't know if that's an important person. There's too many people on this goddamn train. Uh, he <laughs> I, he was one of the, the waiters, uh, or coachmen, whatever you call them, on a train. You got Caroline Hubbard, played by Michelle Pfeiffer. That's the big one of the big famous, famous names. That's true, sure. yeah. And I want to jump in, uh, in just in case I do keep the PR Michael in there. It's played by Marwan Kanzari. Thank you. I did not mean to yeah. pass that up. Who I think uh, was in Aladdin. The new Aladdin? Yes, he was in Aladdin. Who did he play in Aladdin? Was he Jafar? Oh, he might have been Jafar. He was yeah, Jafar. Yeah, he was. He was Jafar. Yeah. He was okay, Jafar. I was going to say, I was like, I 
all I could remember was that I remembered him in Aladdin. I just could not remember who he was. But yeah, he was the soft-spoken Jafar that That's we complained right. about when we saw the trailer. <laughs> uh, we still got uh, at least three more really famous persons. Uh, we yes, got yes, uh, Judy Dench playing Princess Drago Miroff. Dragomiroff. Drag me off. Uh, and then Hildegard Schmidt, played by Olivia Coleman. And also, yes. oh my God, uh, man. Gearhart Hardman, Hardman is probably better at how it's pronounced, played by the illustrious, I just don't know how this man does it, Willem Dafoe. Right. Oh my God, he's so good. And I want to so say about good. Olivia Coleman, too, was I did not realize until the second watching of this that Olivia Coleman was in this. I don't think I oh, recognized really? her in the first time. Well, I, yeah, probably because I've watched so many things with her more recently, I definitely did. This, this, well, when, it's like, when I did had this never movie seen come this out? before. Uh, this came out in 17, which is okay. Uh, still before she was in The Crown, I think. Yeah, I think with her, my first first note, like finding out about her was in Broadchurch, and I don't think I watched Broadchurch when it came out. So like it, it, I don't know. I think when I first watched this, I didn't know who she was, and now like watching it back, I was just like, oh my god, Oscar Award winning Olivia Colman. Oh, well, what are you doing? What are you doing here? That's, yeah, everybody's on this trip. Yeah. This and this cast is so freaking huge. Like only only like is. Kenneth Branagh and and Wes Anderson, and there's the two very wildly different directors. <laughs> but like only them. Like if like hey Kenneth Branagh is making a movie, you want to be in this? Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> like, sure. And and also he's starring in it. Like yeah, man. I mean, which okay, honestly, so my only be a bit of an ego trip. Honestly, <laughs> I really like Hercule. His version of I do, Eric too. Yeah. I just think it's kind of funny that he, he directs a movie that he stars in and gives himself the most screen time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> when there's when there's literally – what what do, how many people did we just name off? Like 15 suspects? Right. It, and, like, and, so, and like what? Was six of them are like household names at least? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, maybe, it's crazy. Like it's, maybe seven. It's so Jesus. funny to me. But like that's not to attack his the job that Kenneth Branagh no, does with Hercule he's because amazing. I thought, yeah, yeah. Well, he's very fun and like fucking double mustache. Uh, <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. I love it. Yeah, it's so stupid. It is amazing. Uh, so, <clears throat> like we said, this. So let's just talk about what the mystery is about the, this movie, just so people get an idea of of what's going on. So, like we said, Johnny Depp's character, Ratchet, gets killed. And previously, he came <laughs> to Hercule. Ratchet. Mr. Ratchet came to Hercule. Mr. Ratchet. Um, and said, look, they're trying to kill me. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. And I need you to protect me. Protect me. And he said, no, I don't like your face. <laughs> oh, so mean. <laughs> Uh, and then he got killed, and a lot of very uh, suspicious things happened right around there, because his room was right next door to Hercules, so yada yada yada, there's a lot of different elements to why it's suspicious, but no one has left the train, but the train does get stuck. So now Bach comes to Hercule and says, hey, listen, I gotta figure out who the killer is, because that's this actually... (laughs) 
This actually, this is actually part of my job that hardly exists. So can you yeah. please help me? Well, well, plus, like, he has to get it solved because they're derailed. They have two days of right. doing nothing, and they're stuck with a killer, right? Because yeah. they they're they're almost dead certain that you know th- there is the possibility that somebody wildly snuck on board the train, killed the yes. man, and snuck off. That is an option. It's possible. Very yeah. like impossible possibility in in Hercule's mind, especially once he digs into it and finds out that Johnny Depp's character, Ratchet, is a very easily hateable person. Yeah. He's got a lot of enemies. enemies. And any one of these people could be connected to his his awful lifestyle. Maybe all of them. (laughs) (laughs) It's... No, it's it's a fun, it's a great it's a great mystery. I really do enjoy this one. I do um, enjoy it, and I'm curious how many times has this movie been uh, made? I do this is like, the fourth the fourth screen adaptation of Christie's novel. Well, we should watch all the other three and do a all little a little tiny playlist. Or yeah, it looks one like there was big, a, long, old versus new. So there was a 1974 film, a 2000, excuse me, a 2001 TV film, uh, and a 2010 episode of the television series Agatha Christie's Poirot. Oh yeah, I do want to watch that. It'd be interesting. But we don't have to watch that for this. I think that that's more of a maybe a right. Uh, a, yeah, a I don't faceless pitch that might happen. I mean, that's totally fine. I mean, I'll definitely probably <laughs> there it is again. Definitely, probably. What the fuck? <laughs> I think I will definitely check out Agatha Christie's Poirot sometime in my life because if I haven't talked about her before, she is like my favorite mystery author. Sure. Which is, you know, it's not a stretch. She's most people's favorites because she's a damn good mystery author, and she had a bazillion books. <laughs> yeah. But she was like my introduction to to mystery. It was like when I was like probably six or seven, I picked up, uh, I think it was called the, it was either the ABC Murders or Evil After, or Evil Under the Sun. I don't know either of them. I think it was Evil Under the Sun, but it was like, it, it was, it, I just like was indebted, or not indebted, I was just like um, inherited a bunch of Agatha Christie books somehow. And so I was just like, oh, cool. And that was the first one I picked up. I read it and was just like wildly blown, blown away by the mystery. And it was, they're all like, all of her books are so short. They're all like, mm-hmm. like 150 to like 300 pages long. They're just quick little mysteries. And the detectives are all, you know, it's kind of like Sherlock Holmes. You're always like right. blown away by how they connect things, how they put it all together, how they see the world. And one of those yes. detectives and the best one, in my opinion, was Hercule Poirot. He's so fun to follow. He's, uh, where's he from? Is he Belgian? Yes, he's Belgian. Okay. And he fought yeah, in just... the Great War, which, yeah. that's, that's a part of the next story a little bit. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. And honestly, I, if you're ready, I'm ready to get on to the next one. Yeah, so let's I'll, do some I'll... closing statement. Yeah. I, this, this first one of the, of the, uh, Branagh's, uh, Poirot, series if he continues to make more which i'm totally down I for i do so. enjoy his yeah. uh poirot i enjoy this first one a lot i think it is a very enjoyable uh mystery thriller kind of thing uh the cast is all fun uh but 
honestly, the second time I watched this being for this show, because I watched it in theaters when it came out, and now this is my first rewatching of it, I didn't really pay much attention. I was kind of just like... Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> I, I, kn- I knew the mystery. I'd, I've read the book before. And like, you know, the first time seeing it in the theaters, I was like, oh, this is so much fun. But once the mystery is kind of gone from it, once you've seen right. everything, it's kind of just like noise in the background that I'm still interested in, but not fully paying attention to. Mm-hmm. So the the second time around, I don't remember what I first gave it in theaters, probably like a three or three and a half. But this second time around, I only given it a two and a half because it's, it's still very fun. But it's kind of forgettable. Not that much rewatchability, anyways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I give it a, a full face. I really enjoyed watching it. Um, we had quite a bit of fun with it. Um, definitely made some cracks at it, but I'm going to say we made some more cracks about the next <laughs> one for sure. Uh, and we'll get into that. So I think that's really what I have to say about it. Real quick, if you like this show please come on down to patreon.com slash green and faceless check out the tears we got there you could vote on the potato pick (laughs) (laughs) please can i have some more please can i have some more patrons please please patrons give us money we just want people to suggest movies and vote on them, please. And yeah, that's, that's really it. We're not even like uh, to, to like to to help us out financially to yeah. to submit to the tiers. That would be super awesome. But like, we don't. You don't need to do that to vote, right? No, well, like, it's we two. It's two dollars a month to vote, which is a vote. quarter okay. an episode. It's uh, totally yeah. It's, it's yeah, but if you bump that up to five dollars a month, which is a coffee a month, then you get to make a suggestion for the monthly episode yeah. to pick. It'd be so much fun. We want more. Yeah. We want more diversity and choices for our our Patreon picks. We enjoy yeah. the ones we're getting. We just want to have a, a big selection for like a lot yeah. of votes. We want it to be fun. That's right. We want to. We want to be biting our nails waiting for the votes to come in. Yeah. yeah. Give it to us, please. Uh, All right. Let's go for a soda pop break. I stopped drinking soda pop. Yeah, did you? I sobered up. Yeah, I sobered up. I stopped that caffeine. (laughs) Uh, I got off the neen. Welcome back, I believe. Yes. Believe? You ready? You ready, me ready? We go into... We've talked murder. And now it's just time for death. Now it's just death. Now, now it's just death. You've already been murdered. You've now it's death. Now you're on to death. The many stages of death. Um, and where best to do death but on the Nile? Death on exactly. the Nile. Which is another uh, very famous Hercule Poirot novel, again, by Agatha Christie. Uh, I don't think I've actually read this one. It's still on my shelf, but I knew the story going in. And, like, as I said during the Green Ketchup, I noticed some technical issues with this film. But it's still an enjoyable-ish mystery. Let's get into it. Let's... Yeah. uh, So, I will go ahead and unleash the crazy cast upon all of you. So first and foremost, uh, you have Hercule returning. You have a brief, um, brief backstory with him and the army, 
where you see how he, you know, he, he, uh, like a bomb went off or something like that and like mutilated his face. That's right. He had a big scar across his face and his, his fiance, the love of his life, uh, who I don't remember her name, Katrine. Susan Fielding. Thank you. Susanna Fielding. Yes. (laughs) She tells him, (laughs) she tells him to grow a mustache. You know, she's not, she doesn't recoil from his scar or anything, I don't believe, but she, uh, she tells him, just grow a mustache, cover your scar with a mustache, yeah. which is hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Yeah. I'm sorry, but yeah. like, scar tissue doesn't grow hair that well. I mean, it, it can. I won't say that it's <laughs> impossible, but yeah. it, the magnificent mustache that he has I must feel be like fake. The, must be fake. The part of it might be prosthetic. I feel like it could be. Kenneth Branagh didn't grow the mustache. He must have faked it. He faked it. I will say it is not <laughs> as big in this movie as it is in the last. It's he- and and it's kind of <laughs> it's funny to me because when I watched it in theaters, I thought it had gotten bigger. That's really funny. Yeah, and you told me it's like no, it's much shorter. And I looked it up and I was like, wow, it is. It is much shorter. Having watched it back to back, it's yeah. very obvious. But like in a four year difference been or however many years, bushier this way, but. It, Excuse me, you can't see what I'm doing to my face. It might be bushier, like on top of the lip, but going across yeah. the cheeks, it wasn't as wide. It still like yeah. had that double stash style, but that first mustache would have covered up where his face was all messed up, but <laughs> not in the second one. No, it wouldn't have. His yeah, his scar was crazy big for the mustache. Yeah. And I think what happened was I think they took that mustache, because obviously it's fake. And I think they took it and they put it in a box. And they're like, someday we'll do another Hercule Poirot movie. Uh-huh. And then, like, time it came and he was just like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And he pulls the box out and he opened it up and it had shrunk. It, you know, <laughs> the, stale, the stale air had just shrunk it just a slight bit. And he was just like, mm, maybe they won't notice. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it flew away for some reason. It I blew. Really, <laughs> But in this one, uh, Hercule, uh, again, Kenneth Branagh, I don't remember where he's at, but he witnesses three of the main characters of what is going to become the plot. He he notices, uh, let me get their names here real quick. I remember I remember Gal Gadot on Army Hammer. Who was the, uh, Jackie? Was that her name? Um, yes. Me... It was Jackie, played by Emma Mackey. Uh, he, he sees Jackie. Jacqueline de Belafour. Yes. Uh, he sees Jackie and Army Hammer's character, uh, Simon Doyle, who are two lovers. Yes. And he's just like, oh, young love. How nice. And along comes Jackie's childhood friend, played by Gal Gadot, named uh, Lenny, Lynette Ridgway. And this is the first time Lynette meets Simon. And they kind of yeah. chat, a little awkward, yada, 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 end of the night. Six week li- six weeks later, Hercule Poirot is in Egypt. He's yeah. uh, maybe on vacation again. I don't remember. He's just he's sitting in front of the pyramids having some having some tea. On quotes, okay. Hercule Poirot yeah. never gets to have a vacation. He never does. Nope. And he sees while he's while he is relaxing, he sees a kite being flown on the pyramids. Quite annoying to him. He's trying to relax. I think he's even painting. Maybe. No, he is just looking, but he's sitting at, they, they talk about, with, with eggs, they talk about his OCD. 
a little bit in the first movie. Yes. And then in this one, I don't, I think they might show two perfect eggs at one point, but he sits directly center in like this ancient alleyway in this ruined city to look dead on the pyramid. Just a perfect view. And he's just sitting there. And as soon as he starts, he starts seeing this green kite. And he's like, what? What? (laughs) And he's so upset about it. And it's his good friend book. Yet again. Book. Tom Bateman, still. When I watched this in the theaters the first time, I didn't remember him from the first movie. Oh, yeah. So I thought it was I thought it was just another one of his friends. I was just like, oh, cool, another of Hercule's <laughs> friends getting him involved in a mystery. The fact that it's the exact same friend seems a little weird that his friend gets him involved in two huge mysteries yeah. like this. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it is explained. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And 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 I don't think, you know, uh um, I, you know, I, I'm not. I'm just assuming here. I don't think Tom Bateman's coming back for a third one. Um, you know, yeah, I don't think I, so. he might be done with. Yeah, he might be done with the, with the 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 Poirot franchise. You yeah. know, <laughs> I heard that falling out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he invites the book invites Hercule to the wedding of a uh, one of I guess at is, uh, is it a hotel that Book owns or is it, he just part of the wedding? His mother or he was invited along, but it is really like a reception slash holiday. It's like the pre right. It's like the, the it's like they brought these people along on their honeymoon. Like yeah, because they have been married. Yeah. They did get married. Yeah, so yeah it's kind of like a, a this is a, a a long party celebration yeah. over several days. And uh Hercule accepts. He go he comes to the the party and is shocked, shocked I tell you, to find that it's not the uh it's not Army Hammer and Rose Leslie or not sorry, it's not Army Hammer and Emma Mackey, uh Jackie and Simon Doyle who got married. It's Army Hammer and Gal Gadot, oh Jackie's childhood God. friend stole her husband from her her fiance i should say and it must have just happened because he just saw them yeah it was just six weeks ago that uh, that gal gadot and army hammer met and and again i will point out if you haven't yet looked up the crazy wild nature of army hammer the allegations the alleged uh Mm -hmm. conduct of this man i will say look it up um, having just read the article before watching this movie in theaters made this movie a little awkward for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, all right. I wanted this to come about more naturally, but maybe you could just tell me if it's funny. Do you think Hammerable the Cannibal is funny? <laughs> <laughs> Hammerable the Cannibal. <laughs> well... I mean, before before all the weird allegations, I would have said that Army Hammer was indeed hammerable. Yes. But <laughs> can't say there's much of an attraction now. Maybe a little fear. Yeah. Maybe a little fear. Maybe a little fear. Yeah. Alleged. All of them are alleged. We're not going to uh, yeah. insinuate anything. It was just an article we read that we thought was funny. Yes. And yeah. And whether it is true or not, we will if not is uh, false, speculate upon. I will say, uh, I'm sorry that somebody's putting you through it, Army. Yeah. But it, I, I think 
given that it's more than one person, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> but it was, it's kind of weird because I had read that they had tried to tone down his involvement in this movie because everything <laughs> yeah. had been shot and then all of this stuff started coming out. And apparently the company was just like, all right, try to edit out like as much as you can or whatever of his character. He's one of the main characters. He's yes, like the, the yeah. crux of the whole story because what, what happens is – He's got a bigger role than Bob. Yeah. And, and while they're on this uh, this trip, what ends up happening is, is Jackie shows up on the same tour. Uh, they, they go to a cruise ship basically and, uh, and I'll read the cast off here soon. But this whole cast get, comes to this cruise ship. And, you know, Jackie's kind of stalking them. There's a lot of tension between Gal Gadot, Army Hammer, and Emma Mackey. And I will, you know, just la-di-da-di-da. Eventually, Gal Gadot gets killed. And that's when you have the mystery going on. And the so, murder is a lot later in this. Thing. Yeah, it, it took a you know? long time for there to be a death on the Nile. And yeah. I watched this with uh, Professor Ronvald the Scald, our, our lovely friend. And, yeah, both of us, like, maybe an hour or so into the movie, were kind of, like, looking at each other like, is there going to be a death on the Nile? Because it's <laughs> taken a long time to get there. Like, it, And, yeah, you know, it's a it's long crazy. river, so. <laughs> yeah. Could have been. But, but being such an important aspect of the plot, being one of the key suspects in Gal Gadot's murder, as well as her just recently married, you know, a newlywed husband. Right. It's very hard to edit him out of this plot. So I'm not sure what they were talking about when they were trying to like course correct, given the the it, allegations that were coming out about Hammer. I mean, it is kind of a shorter movie. Maybe there's another half a Hammer in there. You know? Maybe I'm happy. I'm happy it was removed because I was already kind of feeling groggy by the end of this yeah movie. <laughs> just a little bit just a little bit so let's uh let me let me dive really fast through the the cast here yeah. um it's not as big of a uh a listing studded cast as the last one it still has a lot of big names though Quite we have a annette benning annette benning as euphemia who is book's mother uh you have russell brand as linus wendelsham a former fiance of of uh, Gal Gadot, yes. of uh, of Linnet, Linny, as she's called, Ali Fazel. Uh, sorry if I mispronounced your name. As Andrew Kashadurian, Linny's cousin, Don French as Mrs. Bowers. She who is she? I don't even remember her. Uh, was she Mrs. Bowers? Hmm, let's see. I'm just gonna look up her face. Marie Van Schuyler's nurse. Which one was Marie Van Schuyler? She was also there. I'll go ahead and read was her. Was she off the godmother character? Jennifer yes. Saunders, the godmother. You are right. Lenny's godmother. So there's those two. You have Rose Leslie as Louise Burgett. Bourget? Burgett? Uh, Lenny's maid. We've already talked to him. A Mackie, of course. You have uh, Sophie Okinado as Salome Otterburn. Uh, a lot of people would know Rose Leslie as Ingrid from Game of Thrones. Just to throw that That's out. fair. I don't think I ever got to Ingrid. <laughs> she was great as I mean, she, I've, I was gonna say, I've gotten to her in the books. I've not gotten to her in the right. show. <laughs> uh, Sophie Okonedo as Salome Otterborn, a renowned Ooh. jazz singer. And Rosalie's aunt. Rosalie, by the way, played by Letitia Wright. 
Rosalie or Rosie Otterburn. She was a classmate or something of, of Lenny's and Book's love interests. That was fun. Oh, yes. Love interest. Oh, yes. And, and, and Book's mom, uh, Annette Benning, uh, as Euphemia, she did not like Book being with uh, Rosie. That was no. not a relationship that she accepted. She found it inappropriate. It wasn't because of the color thing. At least that's what she said. It was because Book is uh, in an aristocratic family, and she thinks that he should marry into an aristocratic family, or at least somebody with money. And so she does not approve. But they're going to get they're they're going to get together anyway. Book never cared about money, right? And she is. A very successful, ambitious woman, and he all he wants to do is support her. So, yeah, yeah it's 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 honestly it nice. a great relationship. I love love them. It was nice. It was one of the nicer parts of this film, <laughs> and sadder parts. Yeah, and I think that is that is the main cast there. So that is that is all the all the suspects, all the individuals involved in this ship. Uh, because what eventually happens, they you know they're on this ship for a while, and Poirot's trying to solve the this crazy murder that seems very obvious, and yet at, also at the same time not obvious. You know, it's it's very yeah. um, you, you kind of feel like you know who did it, but if they did it, it kind of doesn't make sense. You know, it has yeah. To be more when the to events it. happen, it's like oh yeah, okay, strange, but it, it's one of those things. Like, Perot talks about how he likes the big scene at the end, because somebody else had pointed it out. The big scene where he reveals everything about the mystery. And, you know, Mm -hmm. he does it in the other movie, too. Uh, And he's like, yeah, I do like to do this, but that's because I feel justified in it or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's a a good staple and I fucking love it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that scene where he does bring everything out, I do feel like the plan that was enacted was a smart plan. They just yeah. didn't expect Hercule Perot to be there. <laughs> right? They didn't. Yeah. Well. And it, they shouldn't have pissed him off either, man. Yeah, right? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I was very sad for... Heracule at the end of the movie. Uh, also, I was sad that Gal Gadot died, even though we were waiting for someone to die. I know, yeah. Because, again, I hadn't read this one. This is one that I, I was kind of clueless about. Right. But I will say, going into the ending, you know, before the big speech, before the big scene, watching this in theaters, uh, once the murder happened, I was like, okay, it's either A or B. These are the two solutions. And I'm saying that it can't be A, because that was the ending of the first movie. Yeah. Therefore, it must be B, and I was 100% right. It was it was my B option. I won't spoil who like the the mystery right. of it all, of course. But it was it's kind of very obvious what happened. It's not well hidden, not not well hidden in regards to cinema, and also in regards to the mystery itself. They kind of make errors, and it's it's. It's really, it's, it's, it's not that it's very solvable though, because to solve it, you have to have proof. That was what the hard part of this particular mystery was. Even if, even if Heracule knew who did it right away, he still had to figure out. I just, I just meant, uh, 
I had, I had said it was spottable. It's very spottable in regards to I the see. cinema of it because gotcha. um, yeah, the, because because Branagh's trying to give you all of the information. He's not trying to hide things from you, right? But in but in doing that and giving you all the information, you can spot where he's trying to trick you. Uh, in the moment, you know, he's trying to make you look one way, but clearly you're right. still looking at, uh, I'll say, a th- I don't know how to talk about it without spoiling it. There's, there's a moment where something happens to a, the murderer, I will say, and the camera tries to cover it slightly while still showing it to you so that mm-hmm. you can you can get all the 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 information for yourself and feel confirmed in it. But at the same time, there will be a mystery to it, and I just yeah. I feel like it was it was a little maybe it's just because I watch a shit ton of movies and I was looking for it, but like it it just felt too obvious what the mystery was, what the answer was. Maybe I don't know. I I I de- I'm I was just really trying to play devil's advocate for the film. I don't think this <laughs> film is de- as nearly as strong as the other one. No, I still no, enjoy watching not. it. I, I feel like I'm kind of going in closing statements, but I do want to talk about one particular scene that when it was going on, I was like, this scene is so strange and I can't believe it's going on. But then everyone involved almost died. <laughs> and that's the scene at the statues of Ramesses and his wife and whoever else. Gal Gadot and Army Hammer basically make a Lorno on on top of this almost. monument and yeah. uh yeah it's it's it is almost graphic and you know <laughs> they are they are a married couple i just felt like wow this is just completely out of left field it feels like i mean i know they're on their honeymoon yeah. and everything but gosh and yeah, then especially like, given how formal and proper everybody has kind of been up to this point right like i mean you know they've they've let their they've let their image down slightly every now and then but like everybody's still trying to act like the nobles you know the the, the pompous class it's like they're not being coy about it and also there's people like right below them like because so this rock i'll say but part of the monument breaks off and nearly crushes both of them. And mm. then it bounces off and nearly crushes Hercule and somebody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's how I know there's people right below them. Like, I don't know how yeah. tall that building is. I would say working in a theater, I could guess that being on the shoulders might be three stories high. There's no walls. <laughs> I have no like, idea. you could still yeah, hear no people from that far away. And they, they were been not quiet. being coy. No, they were not. <laughs> when they were having coitus, they would have oh, been quiet. When they she were having been, coitus. Screaming. But when they started, when they were yeah, when doing they started, the foreplay oh, yeah. part of it, oh, which yeah. was what the oh, scene yeah. is, they were not <laughs> being very coy. So there's no, that. It, that could be a plus or minus for the film, depending which way you lean. I suppose. I will say for Gal Gadot, it was like, oh, this is a fun scene. And then, yeah. when you, then you look and see Army Hammer and it's like, oh. I've heard some things about you. <laughs> Gal Gadot, get out of there. <laughs> I did lean over to Sarah and say, Gal, watch out. Look out, Gal. Gal. <laughs> 
Oh, it was a weird scene, though. I remember watching it, and me and me yes, and uh, it was very strange. Me and Professor Ronvald were just kind of like, "Uh, this is not what we were expecting in this kind of a film." Yeah. Okay, and then and then the the attempted murder happens, and it's just like, "Oh, okay, this is where we were going with it." Gotcha. Yes, like yeah, it's a tease before a tease. If they just hadn't gotten so graphic visually, if they had just been yeah. necking. I think it would have been fine. Yeah. If it would have just, like, it wouldn't have been weird, I guess. You know, it wouldn't have stuck out. I, I mean, okay, so neither of us are going to sit here and deny that Gal Gadot is, is sexy. We're, we're not going to say that. Right. Because- It's impossible to say that. She, I will say that she is. At least I am, I find her very attractive. And while- that kind of thing thought might occur in my head that I'd like to see a scene like that. When it actually happens, it's like, oh, um, uh, you're Wonder Woman. It's like, oh, um, yeah, it's like, did we just step back into the Fast and Furious franchise? What yeah. just happened? <laughs> but like, okay, so there was girls in hot shorts and definitely some interesting scenes with Gal, but none of them were like that. It was such, no. the dialogue was so strange. Like it, it was, it was all innuendo, but like just they were just so obvious with it, and it's like okay, yes, husband and wives, you know, sure uh, they will do newlywed that in private, too. yeah, and newlywed too. They're you know they're gonna have fun with it because it's fun, yeah, and it should be. And, but I just it was just strange. You know what's me. wrong with it all, Blake? So I I don't know if it's a good scene or not. It could be a good scene. Yeah. You know what the problem is? What? You're a prude. I'm a prude. I get your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I still enjoy this one. I have a lot more issues with it. Like, um, watching it the second time around, I was even more unenthused than I was with watching uh, Murder on the Orient Express the second time around. Mm. And maybe that's because I've had five years since I last saw Murder. Maybe I was a little more intrigued by it because it'd been a longer time. Maybe. Whereas with, with uh, Death in the Nile, you know, it's just been two months. But watching it this time, I was kind of just like, ah, I just don't really care. You know, and and I forgot to look. Um, when we watched it in theaters, and it's possible it, it's, it's possible it was the theater screen itself. But me and Ron Vald both swear we saw the green screen mm. like two or three times where it had a crease in it, where you can see a visible crease in right. the green screen itself, specifically during the pyramid scene. And again, very possible it was just our theater screen. But I didn't notice that crease in other scenes that were similarly lit. So that's what leads me to think it was that their green screen that they were using just had a slight crease in it, which, you know... Somebody should have been yelling about it. Somebody should have been like, that looks a little weird, you know? Yeah. A, but it, maybe it was just me. You yeah. know, maybe it was just me and Ron Vold. Maybe we were seeing shit. Maybe it was our theater screen. You know, I, I didn't. I forgot to pay attention. The guy that would normally yell to say that there was something wrong with it was also going to have to be the guy that had to fix it because, you know, it was a COVID movie. Well, that's. So there's yeah, less that's guy, always less possible. people. And he's like, oh, I, I thought you're- I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he was yelling. He just had his mask on so nobody could hear him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> fuck it. Just roll. <laughs> and they're like, dude, shut the fuck up. Quiet on set. And he's like, <laughs> fuck you. 
<laughs> I give it, I, I give it, uh, I don't know. I gave it two and a half stars when I watched it in theater. So I'll, I'll keep it at two and a half stars. Like uh, I think in time it'll dwindle to just a two star film, True. but it's still, it's still enjoyable. It's still a fun mystery. Right. I'm, I'm down for more Kenneth Branagh, Hercule Poirot, yeah. Poirot films if he wants to make them. There is a very aesthetic flashiness to both the films, and yeah, and I, I, I like it. I, I am hoping that the third installment I like more, but I right. did really enjoy that first movie, and I'm going to give this sequel smash to Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, I'm doing the same. Uh, I do maybe with uh, what you were talking about with like the the, the style, the, the look of the film. Right. Uh, it might be. I don't know if. Uh, if Death on the Nile was filmed this way, but Murder, at least, Murder on the Orient Express was filmed in 65 millimeter, oh. uh, which not a lot of people really use those anymore. Mm-hmm. I think Dunkirk was filmed in 65 millimeter, which is hilarious because it stars Kenneth Branagh also. He's in that. But I like I can't think of any other films. I mean, Kenneth Branagh did another 65 millimeter film. I think it was Romeo and Juliet, like way back in the day. But like, you know, it's not it's not often used nowadays. So it's like that might be part of why it looks, you know, a certain way it does. Yeah. Could be. It also, I just enjoy the cinematography, I think is pretty decent. And just like the aesthetic of the era, they do a good job of blending the aesthetic of the era and making it appealing to the modern eye. For one example, I really like the straw hat that I think Letitia Wright was wearing uh, at some point in the movie. Those were very popular. Yeah. At, at that time period, but you don't really see it done very well in movies, I feel like. Yeah. Hers was really good. And to give a shout out, the uh, the cinematographer is Harris Zambarlukas. Uh, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but he is a constant collaborator with Kenneth Branagh. He did huh. um, Belfast, both of these films, Thor, and a couple other, uh, another Kenneth Branagh film. Thor? Yeah, the first Thor. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. The more you know, right? The more you know. <laughs> kind of explains that film. Uh, I do want to say Secret Review. <laughs> also, Secret Review of Dunkirk, and uh, because we mentioned it three times, and we didn't say that we now secretly yeah. reviewed it. So you yeah. heard it here. You, go. you got all the secret reviews that you could possibly want, plus two official ones, and plus two more that. Greeny saw by himself. So, there it's we go. It's a big, action-packed episode. It was. And I think that's it. You get, I you really get your you spoons out, it. couch potatoes, and and just scoop it up, eat it up. Yeah. Uh, make sure you stir that green ketchup in there. And make sure you screen that green ketchup in your perfectly sized eggs. Oh yeah. And Heracule will hate you for it. So, that's the show. Yum. That is it. I am the Green Traveler from Gorsh. And I am the Faceless Leon. Safe travels and good night. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of FictionWorks 19. Are you a fan of the show? Feel free to contact us at greenandfacelessfans at gmail.com or visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. Don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe. Or... Rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening.